2: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans.
3: After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
2: Adidas. What's up, guys? It's Brandon here. I'm here today just flying solo, but uh, not to worry, you will hear my friends and co-hosts on the podcast very soon. What we're doing today is our special little bonus episode we wanted to do for you guys in celebration of our one-year anniversary. So what this is, is I'm basically just going to put together a bunch of clips from some of our favorite moments of the first year of the podcast and just put it into one little highlight reel, if you want to call it that. You know, we've had some awesome moments, You know, we've enjoyed the hell out of doing this for you guys and you know, just hanging out talking hockey. It's all we want to do. And the, the ability to have this platform just to hang out with each other, talk hockey, have these awesome guests on. It's really been a blessing. So <laughs> this has been kind of a pain in the ass, but to me, it's worth it to kind of get this all out there. And I, I know I'm going to have a lot of fun. You know, this might be the rare episode that I actually listened to after I finished editing it. So we're going to jump right into some of this stuff. Uh, I got, you know, a handful of clips. None of them are super long, but Uh, You know, we'll reference exactly where they are in case you want to go back and listen to the full interviews or full episodes, whatever the case may be. Um, So I feel like the obvious place to start, (laughs) we've talked a little bit about, you know, the first couple episodes and how shaky they were. And granted, you're going to hear some of those moments where we were still kind of, you know, not great at this. We're going to start with one of the biggest moments in the Tracking the Storm podcast history. And that was the first time we had Carolina Hurricanes forward Stephen Lawrence come on to the show. You know, we had had Jack Le Guin on before him and no disrespect at all to Jack, who we had a lot of fun talking to as well. But, you know, it was a little bit different when you're actually interviewing an NHL player. But I, I don't think we could have had a better first guest on the show, obviously, because of how personable he is and just like how nice of a guy. And, and, and you'll hear this. This is the first time we had him on. And it, just right away, he's like joking around with us, like enjoying himself. And he's just such an infectious personality. So, here is our clip from the first time we had a player on with our good friend and occasional co-host, Stephen Lawrence. And feel free to dunk on me for how dorky I sound when I introduce him, by the way. It was uh yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Ladies and gentlemen, 6 is the magic number for this week. The Carolina Hurricanes are on a 6 game win streak, and the Tracking the Storm podcast has made it to episode 6. Thank God our operating costs are low. My name is Brandon Stanley. <laughs> you can find me on twitter at bwstanley 26 i am joined as always by alex at future canes and matt at canes prospects and this week we are super 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 excited to have a very special guest none other than carolina hurricanes rookie forward steven lawrence thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us this week buddy again yeah thank you
4: for having me i uh I've been able to listen to a a few of the episodes so far, just bits and pieces of it, and uh, I I like what you guys are doing a lot. It's a great idea, so uh,
2: I'm happy to be a part of this. Let's go. All right, so we'll jump right into some questions, Um, and I kind of wanted to start back at the beginning of your professional career. You know, you were passed over your first year of draft eligibility, and then you're taken as a seventh-round pick back in 2015. Um, You kind of had to overcome the odds and prove yourself really at every level but obviously it's paid off because now you're in the NHL and, you know, earning your role as a real contributor on one of the best teams in the NHL. Um, and along with that, you know, people talk that talk about you kind of always seem to circle back to your work ethic and your kind of like infectious, positive personality. So to start, can you kind of just speak to how everything you've been through in your pro career so far is like kind of shaped who you are as a player and a person today? Yeah, I think,
4: um, or people think they they get this idea that uh, you got to make the NHL at 18, have a long, successful career and stuff like that. And honestly, I think the best thing that's kind of ever happened to me is taking the long road. And that's with everything that I do. There's nothing wrong with taking a little bit longer than, you know, not everybody's going to be a Karmic David, you know, that first overall pick that jumps into the league right away. So I got to not only play in in certain leagues, and get to know a whole bunch of different people along the way, but it kind of shaped me as, you know, a, a person too. And I get to, you know, respect the fact that there are guys grinding it out in the East Coast right now as we speak with that dream of making the NHL. And and it just, you know, it, it really humbles you knowing that at the end of the day, they play the same amount of games as, or maybe not quite as many games, but, you know, when it comes to playoff time, they play, you know, just like it's Stanley Cup and, and that is their Stanley Cup. So it, it's very humbling knowing that these guys, they all just play hockey because they love it. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what league I end up playing in, whether it's the East Coast or the American League or the NHL, I'm just so happy and fortunate that, but I do get to play hockey as a job and as a career, and and I get to you know make money doing that. So the money on top, that's just a bonus. But I, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to be able to play in the NHL. And like you said, I was so fortunate that Carolina took a chance on me a year after my draft year. I obviously didn't really have any expectations of going after after my you know my original draft year passed over. So the fact that they did take a chance on me and um, I didn't really know a whole lot about the team or the organization at the time being from, you know, Southwestern Ontario, I was born and raised a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So that's all I kind of knew is a Canadian market. But um, ever since coming down here for the first time in 2015, uh, I just kind of started to fall in love with it and being able to, to really live here full time now and, and meet the people. Um, I mean, we can't really go out and do a whole lot, but just the locals, even my apartment complex and, guys such as yourselves just canes fans in general are just so welcoming and supporting and you guys really do have such a diehard fan base and we really feel that love so it's so nice to be a part of this canes family um i mean maybe in the hockey world people might view it as small but it's so tight-knit and and close and i and it's it's to me it's it's big so um i can't say a bad thing about it and i just love every second of this so um i'm trying not to take it for granted i know one day it's it's going to be in the past but I'm just trying to cherish it all and, and uh, make every memory count
1: I do have uh, one question for you and this might you know kind of add to the not necessarily the legend but kind of like the story that is becoming you know the Stephen Lawrence story as a Carolina Hurricane you know um a source told me and I'm not going to say who because it might embarrass you um <laughs> that oh, no. uh during your draft year in the OHL you were no more than 5'8 5'7 ish in your draft yeah. year and now yes. you're what six four? I'm about six
4: <laughs> four, yeah. Two hundred and ten pounds. And I think I was drafted at five foot nine, 135 pounds. So I was the lightest kid in the wow. draft. And I, I remember wow. my draft year, my coach he put those stats on. I think it might have been like 138. But when you're 138 and the coach puts you down at 135, you're like, come on, just bump me up to 140. <laughs> like I need you to I need all the favors I can do here. But he, he's like, No, no, like trust me, like I'm doing you a favor. You might not know it now. And I was like, come on, man. Like, that's, that's bull crap. Like, just bump me up. Like, I, I got to look good here. I got to look like I'm big. He's a, And little did I know, regardless of the time, 135 or 140 is just your little, little, yeah, a little shrimp. But <laughs> I was fortunate enough. Both my parents were late bloomers. So, eventually, I, I did take off. And I hit that growth spurt the year I played major midget when I, I didn't make the uh, junior B team in town. And I was just trying to figure out basically how to tie my shoes without, you know, I was so uncoordinated and, <laughs> um, I had to figure out that, that little growth spurt and, and put the tools together a little bit, but I was fortunate enough to go into my 17 year old year, my second year of junior and, uh, make the OHL team there. So, um, yeah, there were, there were times there was honestly, there were some sleepless nights. There was nights where I would come home from the rink crying just because some guys were just that, that I was better than when I was young. Um, they were bigger and stronger and they would just knock me off the puck. And I knew it was, it was so stressful for me because all I ever wanted to do is play hockey. So when you come home from hockey practice and there were guys that I thought I was better and they were pushing me around, I was just like, come on, when am I going to grow here? Like, Someone's got to, or something's got to happen here where, you know, I can, I can start beating these guys again. Cause they're just like, this, this shouldn't be the case. My whole life I was, you know, kind of up here and then these guys just caught up. It's like, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not liking this too much, but eventually all things fell into place. And, and I mean, here we are right now, it's kind of funny looking back, but at the time I definitely was a little bit nervous and upset.
2: So there you go. Uh, That was just a small portion of our very first interview here on the show. Um, And I mean, what a guy, (laughs) you know, we love Stevie so much. And I think really everybody that has ever heard him talk or just seen that smile he's always carrying around. Like, I'm pretty sure they feel the same way. Um, what the hell was up with my mic? Little as an aside right there, uh, maybe I wasn't even using a microphone back then. I I don't even remember, but my voice sounded terrible. Um, in addition to not being able to speak properly, if you want to go back and check out that entire interview, it was, uh, our sixth ever episode, uh, entitled special guest Stephen Lawrence season to date takeaways and bad hits anyway, moving on. Well, we're going to stick with Stevie here. I mean, I guess there's really no sense in jumping around and we had a few clips of him uh, that we're going to add in here. So, you know, there's no point in going to you know Wade Minter or Seth Jarvis or somebody and then coming back to Stevie. So we'll just stick with him. Um, this is from our second interview with him. Uh, and, and I think what sticks out most to me about these is just like, again, it's how well he immediately fit in with us. It was just, he was just like another co-host and, you know, we've made that joke before that he is like the fourth member of the track in the storm podcast. And again, it's just, we just laugh and joke and have such a great time every single time he comes on just, you know, that's the kind of guy he is. Um, So this part here, you could definitely hear us, you know, laughing, joking, having a good time. And then uh, I also thought this was a really cool moment, just him describing his favorite memory from his rookie year. Check it out. You Know one of the many reasons we love having Stevie on, we get all these questions written down. We ask one and he answers like four of them. <laughs> well, Man. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, to, it's to take away from uh, absolutely yeah. not. Hey, I not. I told, I
1: told, know. I told, I interviewed Bryce Montgomery tonight and he apologized for talking too much. <laughs> uh, I don't, he's a, if, you, he's if you don't a really know,
4: nice who, I, I met him at the rink the other day, he's, he's a very nice kid. Yeah, um, I didn't really know a whole lot about him, but I just bumped into him at the practice rink the other day. I shook his hand, and he just seemed like a great guy. So another, was you know, blown Carolina away. draft pick that's very mature beyond his years, and, and and just a good kid that you want in your organization, right? Yeah, it's, uh, is yeah. he is he as large as advertised? Yes, he's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he, I mean, I didn't he, know he was saying before, like, but, uh, yeah, he was saying his mom played basketball at Berkeley. His uh, his dad was a D three hockey player, like. I mean he comes from a family of athletes. His brother at sixteen is already
4: 6'3". is he a hockey player
1: yeah he, he he's drafted by London as well, okay, um,
4: some of the Kings fans could keep their eye on maybe right I, I have, have no idea now, I'd be, yeah. but like
1: everybody i've everybody like I've talked to has like said that, like, yeah, this is like the nicest kid you'll ever meet, so yeah. but yeah, he apologized for talking too much, and I'm like, nah man, like please don't <laughs> makes that's, our job easier. that's what I'm getting at. Yes, <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> Like we'd rather have you answer all my questions than me ask them, right? Yeah,
5: th- right.
2: they'd rather hear the players talk than us. You know what I mean? <laughs> of course, <laughs> absolutely. But um, I think we mostly touched on our, your rookie season in the NHL. But one question we do have: favorite moment of your rookie year?
4: Oh, I I can't pick one, man. It was so cool. The whole thing was just like surreal. It's and I told you last year, like it was just like it was a blur because you play so many games so fast just because of the schedule. And and by the end of it, it was just like, Holy crap, like 45 games under your belt, just like that. And then next thing, you know, it's playoffs. And then I just wanted to feel the crowd once all ever, ever since I got drafted, all I wanted to do is run out of the tunnel to rock you like a hurricane. I remember watching Kane's games when I was drafted and I'm like, Shit, that's like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and I remember standing in the tunnel looking at a Nino and I'd fetch beside me and Marty and that does his warm up and stuff. And, uh, Martin Nook headbutts me and we do our little thing. And then we hear like the siren and then the place just goes nuts. And we're in the tunnel and the building's shaking, I'm like, this is it, this is it. Like this, I'm doing it right now. And I remember hitting the ice and I'm like, I could skate right through the boards right now on the other side of the ice. And like, I think I'd go right into the stands. Like I I'd go right through. And it was just the coolest thing. Like, I've never had that much energy in my life. It was like you probably drank – the feeling of drinking, like, 50 Red Bulls and then just going to do something. It was like – it was insane. So, I'll never forget that. But, I mean, there were so many good memories that stick out. Obviously, winning in, in, against Nashville in overtime, like, that was crazy to be a part of, too. And, you know, even the grinds – little things that I appreciate, like, even the loss in the – was it the double or the triple overtime game? And get early on in that series, it was just like you learn from that. And it sucked at the time, it's, but it's like, you know what? That happens. That's a playoff hockey. And that's, you know, there's, I remember 10 year old me would be, there's a 10 year old kid out there like myself would have been watching a, an NHL playoff game that would have went to a double or triple overtime. Like, wow, like that sucks. The team lost, but like, that's so cool. And I was a part of that. It's like, it's just so special that that I'm able to do this and it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I just feel like the luckiest guy in the world when I get to, to go out there and, and do that stuff. And um yeah, that's pretty much it. It was the whole season was just one that I'll never forget. But um, I guess the one that sticks out the most in memories is running out to Rocky like a hurricane. That was pretty cool.
2: So there you go. That was uh, from episode 30. Uh, it was entitled special guest or maybe just co-host Stephen Lawrence. Um, And actually, we're going to stay right there. This is the last of our Stevie Lorenz clips before we move on to some other stuff. We we really could just make one episode simply out of Stevie stuff, but we're just going to we're just going to keep it to these three. Uh, This was a fun moment because it it starts off with (laughs) me telling Stevie actually about my first credentialed hockey game. Um it was right before the covid shutdown it was the first time I was on Press Row and he scored the game winning goal in overtime so I just thought that was a cool little story to you know talk about while he was on and then we get into one of Matt's favorite well one of all of our favorite um moments from the show but one that Matt always brings up so one we definitely had to include here and that was when Ryan Suzuki made a brief cameo alongside Stevie okay so <laughs> I don't know if I asked you about this last time you were here So the last game before the COVID shutdown last March, um, that was my first credential game like on press row. I was at that checkers game where you scored the overtime winner. Do you remember me in the? Oh yeah, it was the last. That was the last game. Yep. Do you possibly remember me in the tunnel after the game during the interviews? (laughs) I was just like standing behind. There was only a couple people down
4: there. I'm. I'm honestly. I'm sorry. I don't think I I was like in the corner. I was probably. probably
2: I was probably just fired up. Yeah, you you were. I I... excited. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait, no, but no, yeah, it's no, like I, you and Worsley came out, and uh, what's Nick was the one that was asking all the questions. Yeah, I just had my little phone recording. I was just like standing in the oh, corner. Man, like, I'm sorry about <laughs> like that.
4: Like, no, I would have said hi to you.
2: Well, yeah, it, it, I mean, it was like I was just trying to figure out how it all worked, really. Yeah, yeah. But I just thought that was kind of a funny story. I, ha- I still have the recording on my phone, I'm pretty sure. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, it was
4: just like my oh, little. Awesome. Good
2: game to go to then. Oh, yeah. it was
4: awesome. I that was the last game before the shutdown.
2: Man. Yep, yep. And I was on press row, so like I got to be like, you know, unbiased observer. And when yeah. you scored that goal, I like I was like, oh shit, <laughs> did that? Hell yeah! I got all excited. I was like, oh wait, oh, I appreciate that. Here. Thank you.
1: <laughs> all right, I've got I've got one more thing. Um, so. With, you know, obviously, Geeky was selected, and we wish him the best with uh, Seattle. And you mentioned last time that he was cooking dinner right bef- right after you got on the podcast. So uh, <laughs> who's the chef now?
4: This guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the chef. I like cooking, actually. Uh, I was a little rusty. Honestly, if you ask, maybe I'll get Zooks out here, and you can ask him how my cooking is. Would that be all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, nice. please. oh, yeah. Okay. Give me one sec. I'm going to have to FaceTime
1: will. We will never say no to more content.
2: Special guest Ryan Suzuki to tell us about Stevie's (laughs) cooking. I'm FaceTiming him right now.
1: But yeah, no, I like to
4: cook. Um, When my girlfriend's down here, yo, I need you out here. (laughs) Come to the balcony right now. (laughs) This guy's staying in my house for free. Like, he's giving me all this sass. Let's go. I'm doing an interview. I need you go here. Good, oh, He's coming. They're What's brand. up? What's up, man? Oh. they are asking about uh, my cooking. Cooking. <laughs> okay. This guy—he burned everything he served,
1: he's touched. So. I trust okay, him I cooked.
4: Him. I cooked him two meals, and I just accidentally happened to burn both of them. So. Uh, so now he's just all the boys, all the young guys. I went to the rank the one day, and he said something smart. And all these guys are looking at me laughing. He's like, "Oh, are you gonna cook again tonight?" And they, they're looking at me like I'm like, I don't know. And I, yeah, this kid's staying at my house for free, and he's he's out here telling all these guys that I'm just a, a bad chef. And stuff. Well, I, think he knows I mean, bad, He a looks bad he looks way. alive,
3: right? He looks healthy. So I mean, he survived your
4: food at no least. No kidding. Yeah. That's a he good didn't start. Have food poisoning. He woke up the next day. So. I just I've just been going out to eat more. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Adults yeah, already. Rowdy. Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> good thanks you thanks for the, uh, thanks ryan we <laughs>
2: appreciate your cameo <laughs> and there you have it ryan shizuki yeah. I'm Kids yeah. <laughs> Kids,
1: surprise You're guest big... on the podcast
4: yeah you think i'm like a babysitter here
2: <laughs> so there you have it i mean like we said we can basically make, make a single singular episode just from just from highlights from the Stevie Lawrence interviews. I mean, there's so many great times we've had him on, but we'll move on here. Um, Up next we had, and this is actually a pretty recent one, Hurricanes rookie sensation Seth Jarvis came and hung out with us for a little while. Uh, We had a lot of fun talking to him just about his rookie year, what it's been like breaking into the NHL and what his holiday was like living with Sebastian Ajo and getting to experience a little bit of Finnish Christmas. Yeah that kind of leads
3: me into another question of who is one player that you kind of model your game around?
5: Uh, on the team or just in general?
3: Um, I, I guess say one from the team and then say one that maybe you watch growing up and you're like you know I want to play like him kind of thing.
5: Yeah one I watched growing up and a lot more recently was Braden Point just the more he's kind of excelled in the stardom i think it makes him a lot easier to watch but even before when he was playing junior or, or when he first kind of broke into the league i loved watching him and always thought he was a, <clears throat> a great player and then on the team yeah i'd say i'd say fishy i think he's a pretty easy choice he's probably our best player and someone that does kind of everything right and and doesn't really have a weak point in his game
1: yeah for sure All right. So speaking of Aho, and this is where we're going to start getting into the questions that the fans (laughs) asked for you. And I honestly don't know why, but they have an idea, I guess, that living with Aho must suck. (laughs) we got at least two people asking what's the worst part about asking with Aho or about living with Aho. And then we got one person that asked what the best part is. So what is it? Uh. (laughs) i gotta be careful here Uh, (laughs) you end up with no place uh, to sleep tonight (laughs) exactly
5: well i got my own place now i'm i I moved out so oh okay taking congratulations on that (laughs) thank you trying to be a grown-up a little bit but uh well now you can say
1: whatever you want yeah exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah,
5: exactly Mm, worst part uh mm, that's a good question (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I think maybe I don't like, I feel like I was the guy that was always messing up around him. Like I was screwing <laughs> stuff up for him. So I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like I I was just doing my own thing. And I, I, could, he was, he was awesome. To me. The best part would be probably that we had a lot of the same interests. So it made quarantine a lot easier and he has a sick sauna. So that was, that was fun <laughs> to get in there yeah so what you're saying is we yeah. should be
3: asking Sebastian what was the worst part about living with <laughs> that you? would be that would probably be the better you probably
2: gonna get an answer out of that one <laughs> we'll jot that down for uh we'll come back to it later Future episode yeah, yeah for sure um all right so we just had Christmas and New Year's uh obviously you guys have been off for a little while with you know this COVID and everything going on what'd you do for the holiday man uh, I spent it with the fishy. <laughs> yeah, was... Okay, that's what we thought. So, did you get to experience Finnish Christmas with everybody? <laughs> I I
5: did. I got a great taste of Finnish Christmas. It was it was something I didn't know what to expect. I kind of showed up and had a smile, but yeah, it was awesome. They I tried Finnish food, which was for the most part pretty good. There was a few things I was like, "Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't want to eat that." But it was it was super fun. I, I got to play Santa Claus for rance's kids which was really fun uh yeah it was the whole experience the whole holiday was really good they they did a great job including me
2: awesome
1: yeah brendan i was gonna ask did you not see he was santa claus <laughs>
2: no i did see that but <laughs> oh, okay don't let him tell you <laughs> words, man.
3: all right so this next question is <laughs> says that people <laughs> want to know are you really fast as f- but, I mean, you know, you just got to watch the games to figure that one out. So I'm gonna, I'm just, no, take, you, you don't know, it, know that meme, gonna... dude. Ouch, you well, I, I don't. Yes, I exactly. Don't. I, I, yeah, I, I exactly, don't. Alex. I don't. I guess I don't know. I guess I'm out of touch. But let, let me reword this one and take it a little step further here, if you guys no. don't mind. What? No. It's gotta the ruin meme. Eh? You, it's it, a meme, Al. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. If I don't understand it, I'm not sure most of our listeners are going to understand it. You know what I mean? That's
1: uh, it's okay. He's from Ottawa. Okay, you can't just, trust him, Seth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let me let me take this one a step further then. Um, hurricanes in a race.
5: Who's the fastest on the team? I I ooh. If we're starting from a standstill. <sighs> you taking yourself? Uh oh, maybe. Man, Man, I got a quick first, yeah. Netchi is so fast. Yeah. <laughs> See, but Netchi is like the crossover, winded up fast. That's true. Yeah. I feel like I could get a little separation off the start, but <laughs> I would say I would say Netchi. I would say Netchi's probably the fastest.
2: Man, I actually for a second had kind of forgotten that that uh, clip of Alex totally messing up that uh meme joking question we got from one of our fans was in there too um so yeah there was that too and him trying to save face and you know twist into an actual question afterwards so that was pretty funny uh, but yeah sub travis was a great interview we had a lot of fun having him on um and, and he was a great representation of like i feel like and, and he's a young kid so he's probably not like super experienced with all these interviews and stuff quite yet you know so coming on to, you know, our podcast for an interview, I don't, I don't know if you really knew what to expect, but he was one of those guys that like he came on and you could tell he was like a little, I don't know if nervous is the right word, but unsure of what to expect. Like I said, and as it went along, like we're laughing and messing around and I'm screwing up and, you know, stuff like that, that always happens. And you could see him start to light up and like joke around with us. And it was just a really great time. So next, we will move on to the last of our player interviews that we're going to have included in this episode. Um, This is from when we had the two Chicago Wolves forwards and Hurricanes' top prospects, Jack Drury and Jameson Reese on. We got to get a little inside look at what it's like to be a young kid trying to rise up through what is an extremely tough roster to crack. And uh, we got to talk a little bit about how they always seem to be under their opponent's skin, too, and whose trash talk game is the best. All right. So, how often do you guys watch the hurricanes? You guys watch them a lot or every once in a while? Every every once in a while, like and I definitely watch the highlights every single game, right? Same thing, same thing for me.
6: Yeah.
2: Okay. So I mean, what's it like for you guys to be in an organization that's kind of on this trajectory? You know, they got so much young talent and they're really poised to compete for Stanley Cups for the next while. So is that like a motivational thing? Like you really just want to be involved, kind of thing, or you know, what's it like for y'all?
6: I mean, it's definitely something that everybody wants to be a part of, but it's obviously tougher to be a part of. You got to work so much harder and and buy into their system so much more and become a reliable player. So, I
4: think like with us being in Chicago, they've with obviously like you said, Warzy is such an intense coach. He's obviously on us all the time and and make sure that we're playing at, at our top game all the time you know what I mean so
6: I think we're in a good spot
2: for sure uh yeah I think it's uh it's certainly motivating I think the culture there and the fans make it motivating uh, how much it's growing there and how popular it's becoming um but I think as a pro athlete you got to do your best to just stay in the present moment uh and live day to day and like research said you know we're in Chicago right now and we just got to do our best uh each day we're in Chicago to get a little bit better and help the team in Chicago win and then you know when your numbers called or when your time comes to to be in the NHL uh you step up for it then
6: all right
1: so I mean one thing I want to ask and you know this is a little less serious than you know some of the other questions but like seems like anytime I watch Wolves games or if I read the tweets it's like Reese just got cross-checked in the back five times or somebody's hitting Jack Drury after the play. And, you know, there's a scrum involving you guys. So like, what do you guys do to deserve all that hate out there? Is it just the intensity that you guys play at? You know, do you try and give a little extra slash after the whistle? What is it? Just
6: grinding. I think like just the boys working hard. Like, I mean, you want to be on the power plate too. So work hard, piss them off and maybe,
4: they do something a little extra, and you know what I mean? I don't know what I do. I, I've
3: heard Reese out there though. He's pretty gulless when he says the other guy.
4: <laughs> There's a line and
2: Reese's not afraid to walk it. So that was actually the next question is how good is you guys' chirp
6: game? <laughs> Reason's best on the team. Mine's not no good. chance. No chance. This one is Fogger. Fogger, yeah. You're right. <laughs>
2: That's it's actually kind of funny. I
1: mean, you can ask him if he's seen any more lizards in his room. Oh, mind, God. I... We were actually
2: just <laughs> talking about that. Oh, man. We just funny. talked about that tonight. That's <laughs> funny as hell. <laughs> All right, guys. We got plenty more here for you that we're going to get to in just a second. But as you know by now, we are a proud partner of the Hockey Podcast Network. So let's take a minute and get a word from DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and up minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming sources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877 8 hope York. Or text Hope New York at 467-369. All right, so moving right along. Uh, this is going to be a pretty short one, but it's just a moment that I thought was really, really funny uh, going back through, you know, some of our old stuff. And, and it's just us three this time, you know, no, no guest. But it was one of my favorite intros ever. Uh, and the reason for that is twofold. You'll see why in a minute. And even after our little, you know, cold open, like we always do, that Matt normally does, um... The actual intro I thought was pretty funny, too. And then we go into, this was just a few weeks into the season, and it was right after Seth Jarvis made his debut. So we were talking about, you know, our first chance to actually see Jarvis in NHL regular season action, Um, and it was definitely a sign of things to come. So let's check it out real quick. Before we get into the podcast, let's start with an intro about something very important. The Atlanta Braves are World Series champions.
1: Hey, you can't be doing intros. That's my... What's going on, ladies and gentlemen?
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's Matt and Alex. All three back and with you. I know that's uh, almost a rare feat at this point in time. I feel like every single week one of us is missing, usually Alex. Um, (laughs) Uh Uh
3: I did you all a favor last week, all right? I did you all a favor. I saved your ears from, you know, that that embarrassment that was going on. Oh, Um, it's okay.
2: Nobody actually cares. It's fine.
3: Uh, you know, I'm sure someone out there does Probably okay. maybe one or two
2: listeners At least Didn't Well, you're back cares. now I hey, yeah, hated
3: Flurry cares That's all that matters
2: There you go Alright, well We are back in action um, We are actually recording By the time you guys will be hearing this The Hurricanes will have played Their ninth game of the season Against the Chicago Blackhawks uh, That is going on Or the puck is going to drop on that In about an hour from right now um, But we have plenty to talk about this week Um we had an impressive NHL debut the other night that I'm sure is going to get a lot of attention right here. Um, Frederick Anderson was named the NHL's third star of the month, very deservedly so. And, uh, yeah, well, lots of other stuff to get into, too. So why don't we just start right there with Jarvis, as a matter of fact. Um, he only played about 10 minutes in his NHL debut the other night against, uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. Um, and he was playing on the fourth line, so he's playing with Stevie Lawrence and Derek Stepon. Um, But... I would say he was really, really impressive. He had probably could have had three primary assists in that game alone. Uh, he hit
0: and the goal.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, well, and the goal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had that punch chance right in front of the net that looked like an empty net. And uh, Dimitri Jaskin was just in the way, really, like happened to be floating <laughs> through the crease. And that was something I noticed I'll be enough. This is just a little aside, but I felt like all night long, the Coyotes were just jumping into their net. Like, Gosses Bear was in there twice, just laying down on the goal line, like. It's, it seemed like they were just doing a very, very severe version of crashing the crease, which a lot of teams do that. You know, when the puck goes to the middle of their ice, all their forwards and everybody seemed to really cram the middle of the ice to, you know, just be there for support. But it seems like the Coyotes took that to another level and were just jumping into the crease like crazy. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, yeah
3: just put the defenseman <laughs>
2: literally face down in the net. That's
3: new age defending.
2: Right, right. Amen. Seriously. You got to do what um, you got to no. do. I mean, Jarvis was definitely making plays all over the ice, Uh, could have had, again, four chances, you know, one from uh, Jordan Stahl, where he fed him down low for a stuff chance that nearly went in and then uh, two for Stevie Lawrence. Um, He just was unable to capitalize on. Um, So. What did you guys think about him? And what do you think we're going to see out of him moving forward? Do you think he's going to end up spending most of this year if he stays in Carolina on that fourth line, or do you think he's going to kind of force his force Rob Brendan Moore's hand into giving him some more ice time? So there you go. I won't uh, play too much more of that. You can go back and listen if you'd like. It's from, like I said, just a couple of weeks into the season, it was actually episode 38. Um, The Hurricanes run a nine game winning streak. And obviously Jarvis had that super impressive debut. A lot of, you know, foreshadowing in that, you know, Jordan Stall flubbing chances. We're still seeing that, unfortunately. Um, and Jarvis, I mean, hell, it was one game, but we were already considering the fact that he could probably stick in this league and was probably going to force his way up the lineup. Obviously, we see that now. He's now playing on the first line, and it's really been fantastic. It's crazy. His stat line actually could look way better, considering how snake bit he's really been you know even from that first game he could have easily had four points and um he's just really continued to build on that and has really put forward a great rookie season so now we're going to move on to some of the more fun personalities you know around the hurricanes not actually affiliated with the team I well I guess not officially uh but the PA announcer I, I guess you could say he's still officially you know affiliated with the team but we had Wade on and everybody knows Wade just a great personality. So much fun to talk to. And we had some really awesome moments from this interview. So let's take a look. It's kind of a two parter. One, I want to know what the your absolute favorite part of your job as the PA announcer is. And two, I want to know what your favorite specific moment since you've taken that job, uh, like team related. Um, what was the best moment as you were you know, behind the box bu- or in the box? If you want to call it, um, in inside in the, the box. box or the metaphorical <laughs> box, right.
0: um, you know my favorite part of the job. We've touched on it earlier, but it's just knowing that the stuff I'm doing is is going to be a part of people's memories. Like you know, parents and kids growing up, going to hockey games. You know, they're gonna somewhere have a memory of me. You know, doing my thing that I just do and don't really think about too much. Um, as something that's going to be very important to them. And that is is something that means a lot to me. And people have come up to me and say, you know, my, my kid's in college now, but you know, when he was in high school, we have come to Canes games. And we always love listening to you, you know, do your goal calls, do the Canes win, like all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that people uh, saying the names along with me, um, you know, people supporting me when weird things happen uh, on the mic and, you know, I uh I just have my soul leaving one my body because I missed the one minute no
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> or I show up on the tonight show of all things like you know I lead a real weird life and, and I don't take any of it Wait, for granted when that's why did that, we was, didn't even ask about for... Grace
2: Moretz and all that <laughs> yeah. oh
0: yeah and then <laughs> yep. you, you were on ESPN
6: I was on SportsCenter
0: or... uh, oh, right. for, for scoring a goal in the 2016 alumni game and calling my own goal on the mic <laughs>
6: that's
0: right Um. In, in, you know, in this business, no one is is guaranteed a long career. Um, you know, new, new game production could come in and decide they want a different sound of the game. And, you know, that's the end of my run. Um, the, the guys who've been doing it for 20, 30 years are few and far between. And that's just kind of the nature of the business. But, you know, knowing that, I show up to every game, not knowing if I'm ever going to get another one. And, you know, I try to try to give my best every single game and enjoy it and just experience the joy of being there and doing it. And if I'm loving what I'm doing, then, you know, my goal is that everyone else will love what I'm doing and I'll do it as long as they'll keep letting me in the building. Um, And as far as kind of my favorite moments uh, there are probably two on different ends of the spectrum. One just kind of like, you know, almost bring you to tears, and one that was just silly. So kind of the biggest moment is the Canes clinching the playoffs for the first time in a decade on home ice, and the big reveal of, you know, Montreal's loss, so the Canes are in the playoffs, and and Peter Morozik's, you know, yes, yes, we are in. Um, and being able to say to a – and not even hear myself because it was so loud, instead of my normal Canes win, to say Canes clinch playoffs – and it just t- 10 years of pain just it's, you know, <laughs> flowing out of people as, as that monkey's finally off our back. Um, that is probably the most powerful moment to just that, – that whole kind of 10 minutes of you know winning a game that will put you in the playoffs, getting the help you needed, the crowd realizing, the players realizing, and being able to cap it off is, was uh, was certainly a very big moment. And then on kind of the fun and silly side – because it was one of one of the earlier times that I kind of got to stretch off the script a little bit and realize that I could do it without, you know, there being consequences is when um, Justin Falk scored the third goal of the game uh, on a power play, which unlocked both like Papa John's uh, Bojangles and Moe's. And I got to say, you know, uh, you know, Justin Falk, you know, Hurricane's Gold, blah, blah, blah. That's a fat trick. <laughs> so I got to announce the fat trick live in the in the audience. I was like, are they going to yell at me for doing that? And they didn't. It was funny. Um, so that was, and I got to go on like Adam Gold and talk about it the next day. And it was, it was, it was cool. And that, but that was like one of the first times that I kind of pushed it a little bit, uh, but with good intentions to make it entertaining. And I think that's kind of, Allowed me to do some of the other stuff that I've done in you know subsequent years to to try to make the show fun and entertaining. I Great
1: still stuff. wish they would have let you call the doctor every time.
0: I know got it got it once. Um, fun story there. Uh, so during uh, so Derek Ryan on the team for a couple of years, and you know his nickname was the Doctor, Dr. And so he scored a goal one time, and I was like, you know, Caroline Hurricanes' goal scored by number whatever he was wearing, the doctor, Derek Ryan. I remember that. And immediately, media mayor Game Productions like, don't do that. <laughs> okay, cool. I tried. I tried. Um, so a couple months after the fact, the Canes had their Canes Bash fundraiser uh, where the players and fans can go and hobnob and stuff. And so I'm there, um, you know, just kind of off to the side with my wife, not not doing a whole lot, but. And at one point, I see Derek Ryan kind of off by himself. So I go up to him, and I was like, hey, uh, Derek, I'm Wade. I'm the team's PA announcer. He's like, oh, hey, how you doing? It's nice to meet you. And I was like, hey, I got a question for you. Um, and so a little bit of a weird question. Like, you players on the bench, like, when I say stuff, do you hear it? Or are you just like so locked into the game at that moment that it's all background noise. Like it just kind of, you know, there's sound, but you're not paying attention because you're so dialed into the game. He's like, no, we hear you. It's like, all right, uh, follow-up question. Um, (laughs) Did you hear me when I called you the doctor, Derek Ryan, when you scored that goal? He's like, yeah, I heard you. He's like, the guys on the bench were giving it to me pretty good with that. I thought it was funny though.
2: I was like, all right, cool. Now I know, now I know. So, yeah, this this episode was obviously pretty recent, too. It's actually episode 45, if you want to go back and listen to the whole Wade interview. Um, but I do have one more moment I want to add in this. Um, it, just, it was just more in, the, like, the heartwarming variety and just kind of shows how great of a guy Wade is. But we asked at the end, you know, it was the holidays. What is one gift you would get for the Hurricanes? Thinking, like, I don't know, a top six forward or something like that would be. I mean, maybe he's not going to say something like that because he is affiliated with the team and, you know, he's not going to say, oh, you need anything. Like (laughs) obviously the team is fantastic how they are, but you know, we kind of gave him free reign to go anywhere with this. And I just thought his answer was awesome. So let's
1: listen to that. All right. So last question uh, I think that we have for you here is, you know, it's obviously the holiday season. If there's one thing that you could get this Carolina hurricanes team for Christmas, it can be whatever it can be an actual gift. It can be, you know, like top six help. It can be, you know, anything you have free reign over this. What would your gift be and why?
0: Uh, well, clearly the obvious answer is the Stanley cup. So I'm not going to go there. Um, I mean, but, you, you can know, go there. I can go there, but that's we'll take that, it. Everyone will go there. Um, you know, I think what I would, what the thing I would give them is uh, just a, A deep understanding of how much the team means to this area, because, you know, none of them are from here, um, you know, either from North Carolina or, you know, quite often from the U.S. They're here on a stop in their career, and hopefully it's a long stop for a lot of them. Um, You know, the ice looks the same in every building, right? Um, But you know for for a market like this I I really do feel like and Matt you touched on that earlier the the bond with the team and the fans really does mean something to the fans and you know I, I know the players appreciate it but if I could you know give the team any one gift it's really just kind of that deep knowledge of how much what they do to to bring the community together to give us something to cheer for in a couple of years that have not really had a whole lot to cheer for and you know, how much we want them to succeed as, as people and as players Uh, you know, just kind of a a brief glimpse into the fact that they've got so many people here who uh, are pulling for them and really care about them. I think that would be a really good gift because I've had a couple of glimpses of that as well. And it means a lot to me. And, you know, I think if, if that gift was bestowed upon them, like, you know, what you're doing here, yeah, it's hockey, it's a job, it's a sport. Um, you know, but it's, it's a lot more than that for a lot of us on the big level. And, you know, just that knowledge, I think would be a great gift.
2: And finally, we are going to wrap up here with one of our favorite interviews. It was one that we were really excited about and probably one of the more nervous, uh, interviews we had, and we've actually had them on twice now. So we've got a little bit of a rapport with them, but this is with, uh, hurricanes assistant general manager, Eric Tulsky, um, I mean, we all know how smart of a guy he is, you know, Harvard-educated, analytic guru, um, known as just one of the smartest guys in hockey, um, and apparently a candidate for the GM role with the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll probably get into that next week. But I thought this was just a really cool clip because we talked about, you know, what the Hurricanes look for in a player, and I thought it was really telling and a big reason behind, you know, why they draft so well lately. So let's take a listen to that, and also at the end, his promise. To the next five Stanley cups
1: kind of speaking about the players that you know we brought in um, when Aaron Schwartz was on the podcast he mentioned you know the team was looking to get better in the corners both in the defensive zone and in the offensive zone but I do kind of want to talk about you know in that same vein you guys brought in Ian Cole who at least judging from both his past history and what we've seen and I think two preseason games if i'm not mistaken he's looking like that guy can you just kind of speak on what the mindset was for bringing him in
6: yeah i mean um he's a veteran player he brings a lot of um, a lot of defensive presence to the game you know he will settle things down on his pairing and i mean that Physically, I mean it in terms of pace. I mean it in terms of, you know, sort of in every way, I think having him there on the bench and on the ice will help settle the team down. Um, And we play this frenetic style, and it can be really nice to have that counterweight. Um, And the flip side of that is we do need people to be able to play quickly, both with their feet and with their mind, and he can do that. Right. He's not somebody who needs everything to be slow around him. He can play at the pace um, and he has the defensive instincts and the mindset to make sure that we keep the game under control.
3: We've got we've got Mr. Kane's prospects on the on the podcast. We've got Mr. Future Kane's. You knew some prospect questions were going to come. Um You know, over the last at least five years, uh, the Hurricanes have definitely established themselves as one of the best drafting teams in the NHL as far as taking, you know, taking chances on guys that might have some red flags or size issues. Or, you know, you guys just draft the best player available regardless of any flaws that, you know, um, the average scout or team might see. Um, and, And, you know, obviously it's turned out pretty well with the Hurricanes having one of the top prospect systems in hockey. Um, so why don't you just take us through kind of what, you know, without, without dumping the secret sauce, because we, we, we don't want to, we don't want to let the NHL catch up here, but what, what are some things you guys really look for when you're scouting and, and things that you would say are important, um, leading up to the draft?
6: Yeah. I mean, uh, you want players who are good at everything, of course, right? Like that's, if we could have a player who is fantastic in every way. That would be our first choice. Um, We hope to be drafting late enough each year that the players who are fantastic at everything aren't available anymore. (laughs) And so then you need to decide what is most important, what you would consider easiest to let go of if you have to let go of something. And for us, the thing that we, I think, focus on as much as possible is hockey sense. We want people who can think the game at full speed And it comes back to playing this pressure style. We need players to be able to make decisions quickly. We need them to be able to make plays with the puck when they're under pressure. We need them to be able to go apply their pressure defensively. We need them to be able to make the quick read and pick up the right man. Um, And looking for players who process the game at full speed um, has been a focus for us. Of course, hockey sense on its own only gets you so far. So you need some skill to go with it so that you use your vision to make the play. You need some puck skills to be able to get that pass through or get the shot off. Um, You need to be able to compete. It's, you know, uh, the NHL is a very competitive league, and a skilled player who's not competitive is going to struggle. So you do need all of these other assets as well, but I think hockey sense is the starting place for us with most of the guys we look at.
1: I guess the last thing that we would have is um, where do you see the team? uh, Whether it's, you know, this season, next year, five years from now, do you see the team continuing to push for those Stanley cups? Do you see us winning five Stanley cups in a row or, you know, what's, what's
6: the, what's the goal? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll say this. If I told you somebody is going to win the next five cups in a row, you would think it's as likely to be us as anyone, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Uh, like, we have a team that is really good and on the young side and has a lot of prospects coming. And so I think we're well situated to be very competitive for a long time. Um, you know, you never know how it's going to go, I, I'm not going to promise you five straight cups, but I think we are in good place.
1: Right. It's probably better that you don't promise the fans five straight cups.
4: Yeah, you know. they'll, find well, well, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll hold it against
3: you.
1: <laughs> well, folks, now that we've been promised five straight cups, um, <laughs> when it doesn't happen, uh, direct all of your complaints uh, to At this Eric, podcast.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, the podcast. All right, that works. Right. No, we
1: don't <laughs> want to put all that on him.
2: Oh yes. Well, there you have it. These were just some of our favorite, you know, funniest, most interesting moments from the first year of the Tracking the Storm podcast. Uh, once again, you guys really do have no idea how much we appreciate all the support we've gotten. Uh, you know, we're just three hockey fans, like a lot of y'all, that love talking about the Hurricanes. So it's, it's just been a blessing for us to be in this position where we get to talk to all these awesome people and, you know, interact with you guys like it really is a joy to do so we just wanted to put this together as a little bit of a thank you and we hope you guys enjoy it as much as we did in recording it and putting it together Um, we will be back to your regularly scheduled tracking the storm podcast programming this week with scott wheeler of the athletic we're looking forward to talking to him about his team farm system rankings Uh, he did recently have the hurricanes as still a top 10 pipeline across the nhl pretty impressive as we've said for a team that has been picking really late and has seen a lot of graduations recently. So until then, and as always, it's a great time to be a Carolina
0: Hurricanes fan!